Star Wars 7x7, episode 689. For a few days last week, we were talking about canon, but in a left-field sort of way, because we were talking about Lego The Force Awakens-related short stories and how they might apply to the real canon. But I wanted to take a moment, especially in light of something that Pablo Hidalgo did on Twitter, to talk about canon and perhaps share with you a new way of thinking of why canon is as important as it is to some people. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and... We've discussed this on the podcast a few different times, the notion of canon. And just to refresh you really quick, canon depends on a certain point of view, or at least that's what a lot of the fans would like to think. But the fact of the matter is, canon actually means something very similar to us as it does to the Lucasfilm story group. The fan version of the idea of canon is, what is the official story of the Star Wars universe? And the Lucasfilm story group idea of canon is, what elements of the Star Wars story are things that storytellers must keep in mind when writing new stories to contribute to the Star Wars universe. Ultimately, these are the same things. If there's something that a storyteller has to keep in mind and stay in concert with when creating new stories, then that thing is canon for all intents and purposes. It's the same darn thing. But a significant part of Star Wars fandom has gotten bent out of shape about Star Wars canon. Ever since back in April of 2014, Lucasfilm decided to declare everything in the expanded universe up until that point as legends and non-canon material. Now, you have to give a lot of respect to those folks, too, because that's a lot of hard-earned money and a lot of time invested in those stories. And that is their experience of the Star Wars universe. It truly is. And so to suddenly decide that nope, that isn't your experience anymore because that isn't the Star Wars universe anymore. That's a very tough decision, and I'm sure the Lucasfilm Story Group did not make it lightly. What I'd like to suggest to you as a different way of thinking about the people who care about canon, and myself included, it matters to me as well. I think what is happening here, and I haven't seen this suggested anywhere else, so I'd love to hear your thoughts about this idea at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. I think what is happening here is that we are dealing with a different type of collector that we have not necessarily identified before. I mean, we know about collectors of action figures. We know about collectors of autographs and signatures and so forth. We know about collectors of props and movie memorabilia, people who collect tons of different things about Star Wars, and maybe their collections are very niche. Like, for example, I want to say it's Dustin Roberts from... Uh, the Force Net, who focused on specifically an R2-D2 collection. Or, you know, maybe it's ginormous like Steve Sansweet does with Rancho Obi-Wan. Either way, we are familiar with the idea of collecting in the Star Wars universe. But what about the idea of collecting stories, of collecting knowledge, of almost the anthropology of the Star Wars universe? It's something that we've never really classified, but I think might be at the heart of what goes on with folks. And not to the degree where some few bad apples will use that knowledge to try to belittle other fans, make them feel inferior because, say, they don't know the correct pronunciation of Kashyyyk or Kazook or <laughs> however you want to talk about the Wookiee homeworld. I'm talking about the idea 
of being able to hold in your head and heart the stories of the Star Wars universe that matter to you and to know that they actually do matter. So when I saw Pablo Hidalgo's series of tweets about the idea of canon and the expanded universe and things getting retconned out of existence, that really cemented things for me. Pablo is, of course, an executive with the Lucasfilm Story Group and the author of a bunch of Star Wars reference books. And he was talking in Twitter about a story that he says he had told previously, but that he thought was worth telling again about how the idea had been proposed to him about rebooting the expanded universe back in 2004-2005. And it was not something that was ever going to happen based on the level at which it was being discussed. And initially, he was very resistant to the idea. But over time, he came to see it in a weird way, as he puts it, as an act of preservation and of conservation and not of destruction, as some folks would have it. It's the idea, as Pablo puts it, of preserving the expanded universe as it stood in amber, in a way. And this all revolved around a story called The Shame of Segar Tells, which was originally printed in the Star Wars source book back in the late 80s and then reprinted in a second edition in the early 90s. The gist of the story, or at least the thing that this whole discussion turns on, is that the Quarren and the Mon Calamari were invaded by the Empire after Palpatine took power, and according to that story, they had never had any contact with anything outside their planet, nothing with the wider galaxy until the Empire invaded. But that story was retconned out of existence when you saw some familiar faces and species in Episode One: The Phantom Menace. What Pablo doesn't say outright, but I think is very strongly implied by this whole situation, is that essentially a Legends timeline began at least as early as 1999 when The Phantom Menace came out because George Lucas started putting out things that conflicted with what till then was the existing canon. And the whole tier structure came into play eventually where there was G-canon and movie canon and television canon and secondary canon and all these other levels of canon that, well, if your story bumped up against a higher level of canon in the hierarchy, then your story was retconned out of existence. And so, yes, like I said, Legends was already happening. And so the idea of just rebooting the expanded universe outright saved a lot of stories from being retconned into the dustbin of Star Wars history. Yes, you could make the argument that by rebooting the expanded universe, what Lucasfilm did was retcon all of those expanded universe stories into the dustbin of history. But like Pablo says, that's not exactly what it really amounts to. Instead, by pulling them entirely away from George Lucas canon, which is the movies and the television shows, by pulling them away from that, it actually, as Pablo says, preserves the entirety of the universe as it was created. And if you are a fan of the expanded universe and of those legends stories, they're still out there for you to enjoy. They're out there for you to collect. And I'm sure the authors themselves of all of these legends books and comics and all of these things would be absolutely thrilled for you to go back and explore the stories that they told. But I get it. I get it. By declaring these stories legends, in the eyes of people who collect stories, Lucasfilm devalued those stories. It's almost as if Lucasfilm suddenly flooded the market with 10 million blue snaggletooths, right? Which is one of the rarest figures if you ever collected Star Wars action figures. So suddenly the one blue snaggletooth that you had, which was supposed to be super rare and super valuable, now is just no longer valuable, is not worth the investment that you may have made into it. 
the time that you kept it, the attention you gave to it, all of that has been devalued. And that's where story collectors are coming from. And this is why I think that the idea of collecting stories and collecting knowledge is really the key to understanding why people are as upset as they are about the expanded universe being converted into legends. It's also, I believe, why, now that we're two years and change down the pike from the rebooting of the universe, why people are as concerned about what is canon and what isn't canon as they are. In fact, probably are more worried and more concerned about what is canon and what isn't canon than they ever used to be before things became legends. I think I speak for a lot of Star Wars fans in saying that we want to know what is valuable and what is not valuable in the Star Wars universe anymore. And sure, we can draw arbitrary lines like saying, you know, the first grade readers (laughs) may not have information that we need to know about as collectors of stories and of information, but we want to know where those lines are. And we understand that even as Leland Chi says, the review process is the same, whether it is a first grade reader or an intense novel like Star Wars Bloodline by Claudia Gray. It matters because we want to know what to collect in the story and knowledge realm of the Star Wars universe. And again, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you think that the idea of collecting stories and collecting knowledge may really be what's at heart in this whole discussion about the rebooting of the Star Wars universe. So please share your thoughts at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, let's talk trivia, shall we? I don't know what to do! Last time we asked you who flew the Resistance Reconnaissance mission to Starkiller Base, and that was Snap Wexley. Today's question, who was first seen handling the explosives that were eventually used on the thermal oscillator at Starkiller Base? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go into hiding in the desert, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a crazy old hermit, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.